your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Today would be a good day to call because then you won't listen to me talking the whole time. But Chris Woodard is going to come on with me here in a couple of minutes uh, with the Lacrosse City Council. The City Plan Commission has uh, voted on some stuff that's kind of interesting, I thought, in terms of uh, what the city is doing. Comes like a week after Jane Clay Camp with Lacrosse County, and I talked about how the city gets more attention than the county, uh, but not lately, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, city council com- committees this week uh, looking at that Kmart site, the Kmart lot. Uh, asking for a delay there it was kind of was kind of. I just had some curiosities about how how that worked. It it, it can be pretty basic. But also, like, if it wasn't, then what happens? Uh, as a developer, 360 Real Estate Solutions asked for a delay. But we'll ask Chris Woodard about that in uh, a couple of minutes. He gets that in committee tomorrow. And uh, there was another one about a behavioral health, I don't know if you want to call it a clinic or um, exactly what you want to call it, but the, basically one of those deals where it's get off my lawn <laughs> type thing. The, the, I like the thing. I think it does good for society, but don't build it near my house. That kind of, uh, that kind of legislate or, uh, that kind of a vote happening or, or, or complaints from, from people as something goes up in the area. We see that all the time. Um, other than that, I've got just kind of a bunch of random things to talk about. There's an educator bill going through the legislature, or maybe it won't go through the legis- education bills. Uh, I wanted to talk to um, an educator about these because they're it's two weeks old now, so I, I don't know if they're still trying to get people to sign on to them, but the, the package is pretty cool, so I wanted to talk about that. We'll see if we can get to that. Um, I had some funny space stories. Uh, we, we're not shutting the government down. We learned that over the weekend. But we're not shutting the government down for 45 days. Can can the can the uh, Congress get their act together for in 45 days? Can they start this now, as opposed to waiting till the last minute to do something? And uh, in the uh, like, almost literally the 11th hour <laughs> or the 23rd? Shouldn't it be the 23rd hour? They will say the 11th hour, 23rd hour, right? It was like right before midnight that Biden signed this. What if you want to call it an extension? Uh, where Democrats had to come in instead of Republicans who control the House. It had to be Democrats in the House then that passed uh, legislation to keep the government open. That was weird. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo stuff, uh, as we, you know what, I haven't really even gotten to talk about Damian Lillard coming to the Milwaukee Bucks. Big news over the weekend with his counterpart, I would say, who he got traded for, Drew Holiday, going to the Boston Celtics. I might have to talk about that as well. I'm open to any of you guys calling in too. And, and if you want to do Milwaukee Bucks basketball stuff, we could do that. And I screwed this up, but I was going to have the UW lacrosse baseball coach on to talk about Caleb Boosley, whose name I've been saying all the lo- wrong all along. It's not Boosley, it's Boosley. Uh, even though there's an H in there, but uh, the guy who pitched for the Brewers on Friday is from Hortonville High School, where I went to high school many, many years before him. Um, but I called one of my friends uh, who coaches baseball there and um, had Boosley on his team <laughs> as a freshman. So he had some stories. But the Boosley, uh, if you didn't hear, 
Uh, 29-year-old rookie, right, gets the call up on Friday, gets put in the game Friday night, and strikes out the first guy he sees, gives up a home run in the game-tying ninth inning home run in the next inning, but the Craig Council keeps him out there, uh, ends up getting the win on a walk-off double by Carlos Santana in extra innings, kind of like kind of a roller coaster. I can't imagine being out there as a rookie, a 29-year-old like journeyman rookie. Not really a journeyman, I guess. He's only been on two teams, but uh, doing that and then um, just seeing all my friends on social media talking about how great this this dude is and how happy they are for him uh, since, you know, Hortonville. Hortonville community there. So, But uh, UWL, he went to UWL, pitched two, two years there. Um, before that, he was at UW Fox Valley, which doesn't have a really have a baseball team. Like Western Tech has official basketball, volleyball. They have official teams. They're, they're in a conference. It's everything. At UW Fox Valley, when Boosley played, it was a club baseball team. So he didn't even kind of didn't even play baseball out of high school. He went to UW Fox Valley, plays at this two year JUCO, and uh, UWL picks him up. And my friend had a funny story about him. I'll have to if I'm going to get the UWL coach on, so I'm going to have to tell him the story. So I'm going to save it. That's a that's a terrible tease, but I believe I can talk to the UWL coach tomorrow, um, Chris Schneider about it. And is it Chris Chris Schwartz? My bad um, about it tomorrow. But yeah, just kind of kind of a cool thing. See a 29 year old. It's it's not quite the movie The Rookie, the Disney movie The Rookie, but but still kind of cool. Um, and me being from Hortonville, so I'm selfishly like excited about another Hortonville uh, graduate. Getting to the majors, uh, guy. I I graduated with a good friend of mine, Dave Gassner. Did the same thing. Uh, graduated in 1997. Went to Purdue. A little bit, little bit different, but like went to Purdue. Uh, eventually got on the the Twins. Twins had an injury. He got the call up. Uh, pitched two games for the Twins. Um, and uh, so like we all went to uh, the Metrodome and watched him pitch. Bunch of friends and fam- family. I was uh, working for sports newspaper at that sport working sports at a newspaper at that time so i got credentials and quote unquote covered the game so i talked to a bunch of uh kansas city royals about my friend they were going to face on the other side of the the diamond uh, you know the on the mound so it was kind of cool to uh to, to experience it in that way all right chris woodard lacrosse city council is coming up we're going to talk a little bit about the kmart development otherwise known as Copper Rocks. Some of you might not know that. It's called Copper Rocks, people. And every time I say the Kmart development, I am self-imposing a $5 fine, kind of like when the Tampa Bay Devil Rays baseball team changed to the Rays and they would send media members a dollar fine uh, for saying Devil Rays instead of just Rays. Uh, I'm not actually going to charge myself that. That would be crazy. All right, stay tuned. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. On the phone with me now is Chris Woodard on the Lacrosse City Council, and I don't have it up, so I don't know what uh, district you're in, Chris. But if, district number nine. Number nine. I Where's that at? That's right by, is this Isle of Plume in your district? Isle of Plume is definitely in my district, yes. You feel so it's from Isle of Plume? All the way to the middle of A Street and then uh, from the middle of Cass Street to behind uh, Gunderson. All right. And I want to talk to you about a couple of things that are on the uh, agenda for tomorrow in the Judiciary and Administration Committee, which the City Plan Commission just passed. Okay, so how about this? Let's just do civics for a minute. When the City Plan Commission takes up the things that you're going to take up tomorrow, 
Do you pay attention to what they do? Do you try to go in fresh? I got to go in fresh. I can't have their thoughts uh, eroding my mind and convincing me to do what they do. Well, I'll always take into account uh, what they decide um, and then factor in other, other things that come up during, during the time between uh, the City Plan Commission and JNA. All right. So, they, yeah, two things on the City Plan Commission agenda today that will be on the JNA committee tomorrow. Uh, that meeting's at 6 o'clock. If anyone wants to tune in or go down, and um, you could harass Chris during a open. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But uh, one of those that I talked a little bit about it, uh, the, the, do you think the Kmart lot, do you think that is known yet as Copper Rocks? Or if you tell somebody, because I said somebody, I said to somebody today who I thought should know what Copper Rocks means, and they're like, what is Copper Rocks? I don't know what you're talking about. So is it, it we can't call it Copper Rocks yet, can we? Well, uh, I think we can call it whatever we want. I think the nomenclature of uh, Copper Rocks hasn't stuck quite yet. Um, you talk to anybody through the community, it's going to be Kmart. Right. Yeah, until we tear that down or until we have development there, that, that changes the whole scene, I guess. When the Kmart's there, we're still going to call it the Kmart lot, right? Correct. <laughs> um, all right, so it was it was kind of interesting what I was looking at on the agenda, but when I read like the staff report, it seemed pretty simple. Uh, but you could you could correct me if I'm wrong. So. The 360 Real Estate Solutions wants to redevelop the Kmart lot, otherwise known. They've renamed it to Copper Rocks, and it, it would be residential and business. And at some point, about 15 or so months ago, the city council passed um, a resolution legislation that said that rezoned that area. Is that true? Yeah, in uh, July 2022, um, the city approvals went through to rezone it. But you gave them a deadline, like, "Hey, you got to build." And if you don't, we're un we're unrezoning. Is that kind of how that worked? Um, I think that goes with just about every kind of development in the city. There's a certain uh, time period that something has to happen, um, and that hasn't happened in this case. Yeah, and that that's what got got me kind of interested in this. So the Kmart lot obviously is still the Kmart lot until it turns into something else. We're going to call it that. And 360 has kind of come to the the city committees. Uh, planning commission today and it'll come to you guys tomorrow and has asked for an extension of that 18 month window where they were going to start building or at least abolishing the Kmart. So I I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Are you going to wait to hear what they have to say before you make any thoughts? Well, we kind of got a a couple things going on here. Uh, You know, obviously the economy is not good for anybody right now. Um, And it just goes along with a lot of things going on too. And uh, it's confusing for me because uh, 360 can't put it together to build this specific development, but recently they're going to come in to cahoots with Mayo to build on the Washburn Garden site. So those two things aren't really adding up for me. And then I also have this thought in my mind, travel around Wisconsin all the time, and we see Eau Claire, we see Madison, we see Milwaukee, and we see even smaller towns, Wisconsin Rapids and stuff, doing developments. And what what are they doing that we can't do? Yeah, sure. Well, when you say Mayo, though, I think um, I think of the last time I had to go to to the doctor and what the bill was, and I didn't, I won't, I didn't go to Mayo, but I just in general healthcare. I, I think you know what they probably don't care about how much things cost when it goes to to building or developing, right? Could be apples to oranges a little bit or not? 
Well, no, this, uh, the talk about the Washburn Garden development uh, has little to do with Mayo other than Mayo uh, used to own the land. Um, this is going to be specifically developed and funded uh, through 360 sources, I believe. Oh, okay. What what are what are they turning it into? Uh, just housing? Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there's what they. I'm going to get the word wrong, but micro apartments in the Washburn Garden area, and then uh, some townhomes. I think it was 19 or something. I, I can't remember the exact number right off the top of my head, Rick. But okay. Um, yeah, there's some different things happening over there. All right, so kind of the same thing. Now, is that something that you would ask them about tomorrow when they when they come up and, and kind of give their spiel? I don't know about how I can how I can ask them that while keeping it related to the agenda item. Oh, sure. Okay. I, I still have to think about that. Yeah, you almost have to. Yeah, that's maybe I need to ask them then. <laughs> I've I had I had the I had three sixty on him in August, and he talked about the same thing that. He, what what he said to me was uh, the cost of construction right now is so expensive that when we build, if we built apartments, the apartment rent would be, and I'm going to get the numbers wrong because I don't remember exactly, the rent would cost like $2,000 for an apartment as opposed to like $800 because just to get your money back from how much uh, the materials cost to build the, the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of their thing. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. If they're building in one, one spot, but... but it, and they're not building in another. That's that's kind of interesting. Um, this is also going to be business slash residential. So, would you rather see it one way or the other? I mean, the if if you don't approve the extension, then that area goes back to purely business, right? Or zoned? Yeah, they don't they don't specifically own that area right now. Um, it would go to back to what it was. But ultimately, I think we need to do the right thing first and get rid of that building because it's an eyesore. Yeah, and we talked about that too. I can't exactly remember. Well, what he did say, what he what he told me was that when they start, when they tear down the Kmart, at that point, they need to have everything good to go. Like they're going to tear down the Kmart and the construction would then begin. He said at this point, it, tearing down the Kmart and not building then the he said at this point we can use the Kmart for some things. I think they've had some sales and stuff in there, like kayak mm-hmm. sales. And he said at this point we can kind of utilize the building a little bit. Uh, so they don't want to tear it down until they know that everything else is is you know uh, according to plan, like where they can develop after that. Okay. So that's that's that. Uh, we're speaking with Chris Woodard, represents District Nine, the City of Lacrosse. He's on the J and A committee, which meets tomorrow at six p.m. Uh, talking about the Kmart lot and and the development there, um, no reason to to I don't know. There's no reason to not extend this, right? Because I mean, then the 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 plans would all fall through. So it's kind of a it's just kind of weird that they have to come and ask you to for an extension. But I guess that's how government works. Huh? Well, I mean, do you or I know if the prices are going to come down in eighteen months? <laughs> I <laughs> right, yeah. I mean. I guess I guess not. Then I don't know. Is that forcing your their hand then to start building? Is that kind of? I mean, that's kind of the that's where I was at when when I started to look into this. It's like, all right. So if you if you say no, then you got to do you tell them get to work, get to work, get your construction crew out there and start you know demolishing that Kmart and start building. Well, no, I think there's probably different ways to go about it. Um, you know, 
I guess we're all stuck in this one way of doing things and there's no, um, there's no brainstorming alternative ways to get things done. Well, how much ARPA money do we have? We, what if we threw them some ARPA money and then made that housing affordable housing and the rent was capped at like 600 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's enough to even get started. <laughs> we're all out of ARPA money, are we? Um, not all out of money, but it's, uh, not going to do a whole lot there. Um, all right. So next thing, next thing that you, this is just one of like, it looks like there's about 10 things on the agenda. Um, I don't know a ton about this. Brad just, he was watching the city plan commission meeting and then we were chatting about it right before the show. Uh, Tellurian behavioral health. They want to, they want to build or, or, or change, I guess a conditional use permit at a residence and on Jackson street. This is, this is what I like to call get off my lawn kind of, I don't know if you want to call it legislation or get off my lawn, you rezoning where the thing, the thing that what they represent everything, no, not a lot of people are going to be opposed to that. Yeah, that's great. I'd, I'd love to have that in my city, but I don't want that in my neighborhood. So it's kind of one of those things, you know, get like, I, I like it, but I don't like it next to me. Um, how do you feel about this one? Well, I haven't seen any letters of objection uh, in regards to this, so we're off to a good start there. Um, whether those come in the next almost 24 hours or between J&A and the council meeting, I'm not sure. Um, but we definitely realize the, the need for uh, mental health um, services in the community, not only here but across the nation. Um, and from what I understand, uh, this is fully supported by our police department, and this would be also a supplement to their already existing facility on Mormon Cooley. Yeah, there's there's a, a even when you say there's no opposition letters, uh, there is actually a the opposite of that from the Lacrosse Police Department. So they they did send a letter, and you could read that on the agenda. So this this one's kind of a no brainer, then, huh? Yeah, I would say that um, it's. Definitely something that's needed. How how would you how would you take into account anyone that would be opposed to that that lives in that neighborhood? Because this is this is I I have this conversation all the time. Um, the the fish hatchery that's a good example. We can always go to the fish hatchery example in Riverside Park, right? They want to put a wedding venue there. Uh, people across the road live in apartments. They're like, we don't want a wedding venue across the road from our apartments. Uh, so you get like you know ten, twenty, thirty people at a meeting. They all live in that area. They all don't want the thing, but it's probably better for the rest of the community to have the thing. It just doesn't, it's just something that a couple of people across the road oppose. Yeah. It's something like that. It's, you got to take into the magnitude of, you know, the, I guess the main complaint that they have, um, whether, whether it's founded or not, um, a lot of people have, you know, misconceptions of things and, you know, seeing through those is, is really something that you have to do and you have to do your own research and I guess kind of trust your gut. Anything else on the agenda that you have tomorrow that looks interesting as long as we're doing a little preview of the (laughs) JNA meeting tomorrow? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to see the casino's name back on the agenda for that uh, class B. So that must mean they're getting pretty close to opening again. Yeah, the casino burned uh, a couple of years ago. I want to say, was it three years ago? Was it was it 2020 that it burned and uh, the casino bar on know. Pearl Street? 
Uh, I can always. Just... I mean, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, and I'm pretty excited to see what they did with the inside. And uh, they're they're. Uh... I guess that what what happens next when a bar wants to open, they need an alcohol permit, right? Is that what it's called? Alcohol permit? Something like that? Yeah, alcohol license. Alcohol license. There it is. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, well, 2021, it looks like I think uh, it was burned. Because I stood out there for like three hours and watched the fire department. <laughs> uh, I have video and everything. It's on uh, the Wisdom website. So, um, yeah, that's one of those historic buildings in, in the city that I, I don't know. I talk about quite a bit. So is is this a bar that Chris Woodard frequents or what? Or will? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say frequent, but maybe a visitor. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so there and do you, I don't know how often. I mean, you get these all the time as, as a, on the city council and on the committees uh, for alcohol uh, licenses. Do you ever go? No, you're not. I don't know. What's the, what's the like process like for approving something like that? Um, typically it's a process that goes through JNA and then council. Um, obviously if there's issues related to a license for a establishment, say they're a chronic nuisance property or something, I think that's, uh, usually taken into account too, but, um, Right now, it doesn't appear that there's any of those in the city, so that's a good thing, I guess. Do you got to do you got to do like background checks on on who owns the bar and how they've handled other places if they've had other bars? And uh, do, I don't know. Do you ask anybody else? Do you ask the police department, or do you do anything like? Do you have a process? Um, those go in like when uh, bartenders go to apply for a serving license. Um, those all go through the police department and they do, you know, background checks on the servers. And if there's, um, outstanding, I guess we'll say criminal history or something to that effect. Um, that always sounds like it goes into the process of, uh, denying or accepting the license. Sometimes we see those appeals come through the JNA committee and then we act as like a quasi judicial, uh, thing and decide whether that we can, grant the appeal or deny the appeal. Have you ever denied someone an alcohol license? It seems like lacrosse would never do such a thing. Um, I believe we've denied some uh, serving licenses, yeah. Oh, really? Um, uh, interesting. Uh, did you, do you remember why? I don't remember right off the top of my head, but all right. that should all be on uh, on Legistar. Yeah. All right, that's uh, Chris Woodard. He is the city council member representing District 9. He's on the JNA committee that meets tomorrow at 6 p.m. You can check out the agenda. It's committee week in lacrosse, so this is kind of uh, this is the week. There, you got to pay attention. This is the week that if you oppose something, right, Chris, you gotta you gotta speak up now, right? Speak up at the committee yep, tomorrow. This is your week to speak. Yep. Because when it comes to the full city council next Thursday, there's there's not a whole lot of wiggle room to letting uh, the public lash out at you guys, huh? <laughs> Yes, there's there's no tongue lashings at the city council meeting. All right. All right. Uh, thanks thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Have a good night. All right, we're going to take another break. Brad doing the news. Scott's Comet coming up, and it's about Oktoberfest, so I think I might rattle, uh, I might uh, have to talk about Oktoberfest a little bit uh, based on Scott's Comet coming up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 
785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Somebody did try to call, and then I answered, and they weren't there. Must have been a ghost. It's Halloween month, right? So could have been. Could have been a ghost. I went for a walk over the weekend, like, in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was just, I, I needed to go outside and walk, and it was a full moon, so I had to walk the dog anyway. And I'm like, let's just go. It's pretty nice out. It's, 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 you could see the moon pretty well. It was cool. It was pretty well lit. So just kind of walking dog, dog couldn't go with me the whole time. Cause she's 13, but I get out there and, and I'm listening to a podcast and I'm just walking and, um, I live, it's, it's pretty rural. So there's woods, there's wildlife. And, and I start to, my imagination starts to run a little bit. And I'm like, and I'm looking around. I'm like, what was that? And like and I start thinking about it. what was it? like is that thing gonna kill me? <laughs> so I, I, I turned into like a, a like a ten year old or a five year old even I don't even know whatever whatever age that you uh, you know you get scared of stuff and I was like okay focus on the podcast but then but then I'm walking around and I see these uh, two white tailed deer running and it's you know it's it's midnight so it's pitch it's pretty dark out with the full moon so but all I can see is the white on the on the deer's butts right the white tails. Um, so then, then I'm like, are those deer or are those ghosts? And then I saw a raccoon or what I think was a raccoon. It could have been a monster and the raccoon climbed the tree. And then I saw something else that was bigger than a raccoon, smaller than a deer. And I couldn't make out exactly what it was. And it could have just been a thing in the shadows that was like a, like a small tree or something, but it definitely looked like an animal. And I was like, Oh my God, what is that? I can't even make, I'm not even sure what that is, but it's, you know, as you're walking, you just kind of see the shadow moving. And uh, yeah, so uh, pretty intense, pretty intense walk at midnight over the weekend in the, under the full moon and also a full moon. So animals go crazy. And so did people at Oktoberfest. Uh, see, speaking of that, Scott's comment, I, I tease it. I don't always tease Scott's comment, but I tease this one. And of course, it didn't play the right one. And I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure when the Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Scott's comment played or if that's coming up tomorrow and I just played tomorrow Scott's comment because obviously he writes these ahead of time. But I did want to play like the Oktoberfest one. I mean, you guys might have heard it this morning, but uh, it didn't get to play. So I'm going to I'm going to hit this and I think this will play the Oktoberfest Scott's comment that I just kind of want to talk about a little bit. And here I tease it and then he doesn't even it doesn't even air right. So here here it is. As I see it, I'm Scott Robert Shaw, and that's a wrap. Another Oktoberfest is in the books. The 62nd annual celebration featured great weather, good friends, and lots and lots of beer. It started with the WIZM Seniors Breakfast and continued with the tapping of the golden can, the slicing of the golden brat, a couple of parades, and lots of beer. Did I mention that already? For those of us in the central part of the city, we witnessed the height of drunken debauchery, including all the house parties that made it hard to tell where one ended and another began. It appears there were no serious problems. Thankfully, the guy in my neighborhood who climbed up on a roof kept his balance and got down safely. The partying began early and ended late. Left behind were the cars littering the street and the piles of empty beer cans in so many yards, along with one smashed pumpkin, uprooted flowers, and an overturned dumpster. But many of the rowdy revelers, many from out of town, never even stepped foot on the Oktoberfest grounds. They came for the house parties and the downtown bars and the good times. The fest does seem to have settled on a three-day celebration, and that seems about enough. We survived another Oktoberfest, and while we had a good time, many are glad it will be another year before we do it all again. I'm Scott Robert Shaw on Wisdom. All right, so there's the official today Scott Robert Shaw's Scott's comment. 
about the conclusion of Oktoberfest, the 62nd one. Now, is Scott being an old curmudgeon here? I mean, Scott's grown up. He's lived here long enough to understand what Oktoberfest was and is. Uh, somebody climbed on the roof? Oh, no. <laughs> that that never happens on a regular weekend, only on Oktoberfest. Uh, beer cans littering the yards. I feel like that probably happens. Maybe not as much as Oktoberfest because just a lot of people. It was nice out, too, right? Like, And people understand this is, this is going to be the last one of these weekends where it's, what was it, like 80? It was even 90 degrees. You know, at night it's a little bit cooler, but it's kind of like the last night where you could be in shorts and a t-shirt outside on the weekend and it's Oktoberfest. It's just kind of the perfect weather for that because after this, it's going to be 50s, 40s. You know you know what happens after that. Um, so I don't know. Is he being an old curmudgeon here? Uh, cars littering the streets? Well, yeah. That's going to happen when people come to Oktoberfest. Piles of empty beer cans. Okay, well, I mean, as long as they're not in your yard, if you didn't have the party, then, you know, but are they, do they get picked up the next day? Because, you know, the kids aren't going to pick the beer cans up, but that is cool to slam your beer and throw it on the ground. Uh, as long as they pick them up later, right? When they're hungover the next day. Uh, what else did he, one, one other thing. Oh, uh, many never even stepped foot onto the Oktoberfest grounds. Well, Scott, I'd like to see the data there. Did you go to the bars and check <laughs> to see? Um, yeah, well, I mean, Oktoberfest costs money to get into the fest grounds. The bars that typically are free. And I, I would say a lot of people, because of the littered beer cans in yards, probably hang out in their yards, grill out, chill out. And then when it's time to go out, they go downtown where it's a party in the streets. And you don't actually have to go to the fest grounds. And you then you're not, you know... If you're not a lacrosse native and you're not into wearing your Oktoberfest, what is it, dirndls or whatever they're called, I don't know what they're called anymore, uh, then then maybe you're not compelled to, to go down there in your jeans and or your T-shirt and, and, and stick out. Um, so, yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of funny, just a little bit old curmudgeon from Scott. The, the thing on the, the guy got on the roof, at least he got down safety, safely. I mean, at one point in high school, I think uh, we were at my friend's farm and we were and we didn't drink in high school. We were just kids and uh, we we climbed the silo and just hung out on top of the silo. So uh, I just have to laugh at <laughs> like somebody uh, climbing on a roof. I, I will say, though, I, I I don't have enough experience with Oktoberfest, but when there was a nine day Oktoberfest versus what it is, it's three, four days. You can argue which if it's four days, if you want to count Sunday or not. But a but a nine day Oktoberfest celebration like and we did that a while like who in their right mind thought of that man you really gotta you you really gotta like schedule and plan and then just be really into Oktoberfest to make it nine days that that seems crazy to me uh, and then just two weekends of of what Scott is curmudging curmudging about um, which I I also agree with like if there were two weekends of this that might be a bit much but. Uh, I I kind of feel like two parades is a bit much, but having a torchlight parade is kind of cool. So, um, all right, that's my that's my comment from Scott's comment. We'll be back. Awesome. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. There's a couple minutes left here. If you still, if you want to get in, I I did get a text from Jack. He said, uh, essentially, we were talking about the Kmart lot over by Central High School, by that festival out there, by State Road, uh, not being developed yet. It's been a year and a half or so 
where nothing's been done or or however long you want, <laughs> however long the Kmart's been closed, right? And uh, Jack said it's a bad economy and Joe Biden go hand in hand. Thanks, Joey. At least he called him Joey. So thanks for that, Jack. I mean, there was there's a there's another couple of phrases I think. Uh, somebody else, somebody else commented about the uh, the alternate Scott's comment that we ran about Joe and Hunter Biden. Um, there was there was video of Trump in court in New York today. That seemed uh, that seemed kind of interesting for those people that are following that. I'm not following it all that much, so it's kind of one of those uh, out of my hands. I can't really can't really do a whole lot about uh, about those. There's only what 91 indictments, and he's got like four. Does he have four court? dates or court hearings he has to go to and to find ways to fit them all into probably got to fit them all in before the election right that's kind of the whole point um i did want to i'm gonna see if i can get somebody in um in the school district to come on with me but i i mentioned this at the beginning of the show these these teaching is a profession bills that's what they're they're literally called this was uh, introduced um couple weeks ago and so i don't know where they're at in the in the state legislature or how it works i could get i I, i've asked for jill billings to come on next week uh our state assembly rep but the uh the packages are this is a pretty interesting package and i don't know when it comes to uh teachers and and benefits and teacher pay and getting teachers to come to the state and getting the best teachers and getting the most applications for open teaching positions these seem like a ways to do it when you want you know the best of the best to come to your school district and these are wisconsin bills are are part of yeah these are multiple bills here but the the package in brief set a minimum teacher pay tied to legislators own pay so uh i'm not exactly sure how that so whatever the teacher would make is is how much a state legislator would make teachers uh might not be happy with that. I feel like teachers should make way more than our state legislature. So uh, maybe set a, a teacher pay tied uh, to the minimum to the legislative pay times twenty percent. So we'll add a we'll add a tip on there. Uh, create an hourly wage for student teachers. That seems pretty pretty obvious. My nephew right now, I think he's a couple months away from being a student teacher. He should get paid for that. Uh, establish a non-voting seat for an educator on school board. Um. You know, that's interesting. I don't know. I feel like educators could be part of school board meetings as educators, but do they need to, if it's a non-voting seat as an educator on the school board, how would that work? See, this, these are, this is why I need your ed- educator on here. Give bonuses to teachers who stay in the same district. Uh, that one makes, that one makes pretty good sense. I mean, the the NBA it could be like an NBA contract if you stay with your team for five years your extension you could just get an added bonus but if you want to go to uh, another district but the school districts pay different all the time so I don't know I don't know if that one works but a, a bonus it sounds like a good idea uh, next one pay teachers for their prep time like prepping lessons and grading so this is essentially the like, teachers only work seven hours a day for you know and have summers off this is that one where that's not true at all so. Uh, and you know what? Everyone should be calcu- everyone's salary should be calculated by uh, hourly wage. I think that's how we should do that. Uh, income tax should be calculated by hourly wage, not not uh, total. You know how much you made during the year. Uh, next one: pay teachers for time spent on non-classroom activities like supervising lunch. Or what if they got to go to the football game and and be a chaperone there? Do they do they get paid for that too? 
But uh, supervising lunch, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure how teacher pay works. Like, why why aren't they get? Don't they just get paid what they get paid? And uh, it's all part of the the gig. But is is a teacher supervising lunch part of the gig? Do they have to do that, or is that a volunteer situation? Uh, next one: Give teachers the same health insurance received by Wisconsin legislators. Okay, maybe. I I guess we'd have to compare. I don't know if teachers' uh, health care package is, is that bad, health insurance package. And then the last one, a new grant program for school districts to reimburse the cost of grow-your-own programs. That one, I have no idea what that means. So uh, I don't know. Those are the, A lot of those seem pretty interesting. A couple of them I'm not entirely sure about, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, this is, uh, and I'm reading this from the Wisconsin Education Association Council. So, all right, that's all the time I have for today. 